Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! For a little while there, and I fly a lot, or I have, for a little while there on Friday night, June 21st, and this is part of this trip, I thought it might be Gonsville. British Airways, 6.30 on a Friday night. One of the six that was with us got bumped to 7.30, and how lucky was Mr. Devine? They had they screwed up his air thing, his seat, and they put him on a first class at 7.30. The rest of us were, five of us, were 6.30 at, uh, on a, on a, on a uh, business class. Remember, seven were already there, so he kind of split the travel going to Turnberry. Anyway, 40 minutes into the flight, the pilot comes on. 40 minutes in. And, uh, you know, I had been always fooling around with my, you know, I love those flatbeds. I'm fooling around with the bear. I'm, ne- I'm next to the clerk, my tennis buddy. We're fooling around. He says, uh, I apologize, English accent, dead serious. I apologize, but our entertainment system is malfunctioning. So it's unfortunate, but on this flight, we are not going to have entertainment. So no movies. Uh, I'll keep it posted. We're working on the problem, but we think we're not going to have any movies, which means no power, which means my seat is in a flatbed, right? I don't think too much of it. I'm playing golf. Who cares? I was going to read my little Greg Isles book and hit the sack anyway, or try to. 40 minutes later, he comes on, or 20 minutes later, he comes on again. And he says, our backup system is now malfunctioned. All right. I wasn't going to have it anyway. Uh, Is this a big deal? You got to tell me this. But... He tells us, so I I didn't hear that many murmurs. Uh, I mean, it didn't seem to be that much of a concern. It was a nice night travel-wise. So I didn't think too much of it. Then about uh, 40 minutes later, uh, you know, the, the, the stewardesses, or stewards, I guess I have to call them now, are running down the aisle, not running, but they're hustling down the aisles with flashlights. And they're opening up the... Overhead luggage bins. What the what? And you know, opening up the overhead. And I'm, it's a, I'm getting a little, I'm, we're all a little worried. What do you open up? And then we find out that we think there's an electrical shortage aboard the aircraft. It's a 777. This is the one Fat Rob put the six of us on. Five, because Divine get a break at 730. So th- that was a little weird. All right. Can't find anything. There's no fire or anything. There's no smoke. But it was a little weird. Shortly thereafter, and I'm condensing this because there's a lot to say with this trip, but shortly thereafter, the pilot comes on, and it's now nighttime. The pilot comes on and he says, could the chief steward come to the cockpit immediately? What? Come to the cockpit? <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm getting a little nervous. The clerk sitting next to me says, yeah, I'm a little spooked. Mike Lombardo, who nothing ever bothers him, opens up his overhead luggage bin and he's one row behind me puts his hand there in his heat john hutchins who played hockey at colgate i said john what do you think he says we got a serious problem on our hands so you could tell the lights were still on the plane but you can tell there's tension in that aircraft and there's tension comes on 10 minutes later with an english accent the pilot and he says i hate to tell you this but we're going to have to divert to divert the plane to Gander. 
Gander. I saw come fly, uh, come from away, that great play there on Broadway about all the planes that stopped in Newfoundland uh, on the way to 9-11. I said, yes, yeah, we're going to have to stop the Gander. Uh, we have some issues on this aircraft and everything else. So now, uh, or Doug Smith included, I'm a little nervous. I take a Valium, right? I say, God, please, really? My 60th, this is where we're going here? A 60th birthday, this is the way it's all going to end? Because that, when a pilot tells you that, and you can say tenseness in his voice, you get a little nervous. Well, to make a long story short, he got the plane down on the emergency runway in Gander in a rainstorm with fire trucks on the runway. Plane landed, you can live with it. Landed at 11.30. There's a 90-minute time difference to Gander. We get off the plane. We're all happy we're alive. And in the next three or four hours, we find out that the plane had two electrical fires on it. And the a policeman who we spoke to at 3 o'clock in the morning tells us, I've been here a long time. This happens occasionally, but I've been here a long time. And that air traffic control up top getting his plane in was very tense. Whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa. So, we're in Gander, Newfoundland. I got five guys. I got a practice round of golf at Turnberry, which is in Scotland, not England. Turnberry uh, at uh, 12 o'clock the next day. All right? This is uh, 1 a.m. This is 4.30 in the morning, England time. So, I was supposed to be in uh, Turnberry in eight hours. Lo and behold, Bob Jones, who flew with us on American, different airline, but took the trip to the airport, makes it. Divine, uh, in comfort in first class, makes it. They all end up at Turnberry on time. I have to, we, not me, we have to figure out a way, how am I going to get off this aircraft? Finally, in the middle of the night, we were all sleeping at the airport, 277 people. Gander, no, they, they opened up a little food concession. They gave you a 20-pound voucher. Finally, at about 5 a.m., they tell us that they are going to send us an aircraft from Boston, nobody on it, that's going to leave at 2.30 Gander time in the afternoon, which is 6 o'clock at night. It's, it's 12 hours from now. So for the next whatever it might be, we have to figure out with Rob, who's in London, who's at Tur- Turnberry, how to get there. How the hell are we going to get to Turnberry? Because your flight was can't, you know, you, you didn't make your connection. There's nothing available the Sunday morning. The first flight to Glasgow, an hour from Turnberry, is at three o'clock, two o'clock available on Sunday afternoon. Two o'clock. I actually called Manford, the baseball commissioner, who was flying to England, thinking that because he was going to. Troon, maybe I get lucky and get his aircraft, his airplane. But I find out that there's a curfew at Heathrow at midnight every day because it's in the airport's in a neighborhood. So I'm, we're not going to arrive in Heathrow until 11.30 at night on Saturday. So I, I can't get out of Heathrow. Thought about a van, seven hours, drive to Turnberry. It's 300 miles. Can't do that. I got five old farts here. I, I can't put them in a van at one o'clock in the morning. That I can't do. We thought about flying to Toronto and coming over on Air Canada later in the afternoon. We looked into that seriously. Problem with that is you couldn't get the bags off the British Airways flight 
which is still stuck in the middle of the runway. So you can't get the bags off. So you can't do that. So how in the world are we going to get to Turnberry so we can start this six-on-six Ryder Cup competition, 9.06 tea time on Sunday morning? We thought about moving the tea times back. We did temporarily, but then we left them alone once we figured out a way. The way we figured out, and you're going to laugh, it was the only thing we could have done. We decided to rent, you ready? A helicopter. That is correct. So the plane eventually, after two and a half hour delays, that plane from Boston, the empty one, landed in Gander. It's about two hours. It's 1,400 miles, Gander, from New York. And remember, Gander is the last place you can land a plane before you cross that pond. And remember something else, which I did not realize. London is 2,500 miles from Gander. It's not a two, you're not halfway there. It's 2,500 miles. It, yeah, that's five hours. That's a long way. Long way. Plane got to Gander 11.15 at night, and we didn't, uh, 11.15 in the morning on Saturday, we did not take off into 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It took them five hours to get 277 people on board. They finally did. We finally took off, and we finally landed at Heathrow five hours later at 11.53 at night. The five of us got our luggage, went through customs, found a cab, and went to an airfield. I tell you, I felt like a paratrooper in World War II. We went to an airfield. We could not find the helicopter. The helicopter we rented, Rob did, smart, from Turnberry. And there was a horse race. The Royal Apps got there this weekend or last weekend. So there was, you, couldn't, you couldn't take a private plane. It was impossible. We finally found a helicopter. We got on board the helicopter. They had they had Coronas in the helicopter, believe it or not. Six seats. We sat in the helicopter, and the helicopter flew 4,000 feet, 180 miles an hour, and it took two hours to, to get to Turnberry. It landed on the Turnberry campus at Trump's resort at 4 o'clock in the morning. 32 hours. And give him credit, bless his fat little heart, who was there with the room keys to meet us at the helipad in Turnberry. And they have two of them, by the way. I guess Trump must take more helicopters. They had two of them. And who was there with the room keys? Rob. So that's the first thing you need to know. Is the, now, who do you think paid for the helicopter? It wasn't Rob. It wasn't Doug Smith. It wasn't John Hutchins. It wasn't John DeClerc. No, no, no. It wasn't Mike Lombardo. It wasn't Mike Devine. It wasn't Bob Jones. It wasn't Grant Napier. It wasn't Jeff Heiss. And it wasn't Rob Manford, at least directly. It wasn't Sandy Montag. My wife doesn't know about it, but what the hell? You know who paid for it? Your favorite talk show host. And it wasn't 2,000, it wasn't 3,000, it wasn't 4,000, it wasn't 6,000, it wasn't 8,000, it wasn't 10, it wasn't 12, it wasn't 13, it wasn't 14, it wasn't 15. I did not miss a number. It was not 16. Do the math. I had five guys to get to Turnberry. I had a British Airways where I, we almost went down. 
Newfoundland for 17 hours. Get me the helicopter. I got it. Two Coronas. I asked those captains the thousand questions with the little headset. It was a $5 million helicopter sold to Wells Fargo for three and a half, which they flew to Poughkeepsie, New York to test run it. They flew it back in a crate over the ocean to get back to England. And now it's a helicopter that is in service for Trump. I got it. I paid for it. And I landed. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.